Hey friends from all around the globe. Welcome to season one of Nikki's Noetic Nook. I'm your host, Nikki, an educator, a linguophile, and a global wanderer. Come on in, put on your coziest slippers, grab a glass of water, let's get into it. Hey friends, welcome back. Last episode, we read chapter three of Matilda by Roald Dahl. In chapter three, The Hat and the Superglue, Matilda plays her first prank on her family by squeezing superglue inside the rim of the hat her father wears. As a result, his hat becomes glued to his head and he is unable to remove it. Superglue, do you have such thing in your country? What have you used it for? Have you played any pranks on anyone before? (laughs) So our next chapter, chapter four, is called The Ghost. Let's begin. There was comparative calm in the Wormwood household for about a week after the superglue episode. The experience had clearly chastened Mr. Wormwood, and he seemed temporarily to have lost his taste for boasting and bullying. Then suddenly he struck again. Perhaps he had had a bad day at the garage and had not sold enough crummy second-hand cars. There are many things that make a man irritable when he arrives home from work in the evening, and a sensible wife will usually notice the storm signals and will leave him alone until he simmers down. When when Mr. Wormwood arrived back from the garage that evening, his face was as dark as a thundercloud and somebody was clearly for the high jump pretty soon. His wife recognized the signs immediately and made herself scarce. He then strode into the living room. Matilda happened to be curled up in an armchair in the corner, totally absorbed in a book. Mr. Wormwood switched on the television. The screen lit up. The program blared. Mr. Wormwood glared at Matilda. She hadn't moved. She had somehow trained herself by now to block her ears to the ghastly sound of the dreaded box. She kept right on reading and for some reason, this infuriated the father. Perhaps his anger was intensified because he saw her getting pleasure from something that was beyond his reach. Don't you ever stop reading, he snapped at her. Oh, hello, Daddy, she said pleasantly. Did you have a good day? What is this trash, he said snatching the book from her hands. It isn't trash, Daddy. It's lovely. It's called The Red Pony. It's by John Steinbeck, an American writer. Why don't you try it? You'll love it. Filth, Mr. Wormwood said. If it's by an American, it's certainly to be filth. That's all they write about. No, Daddy, it's beautiful. Honestly, it is. It's about... I don't want to know what it's about, Mr. Wormwood barked. I'm fed up with your reading anyway. 
Go and find yourself something useful to do. With frightening suddenness, he now began ripping the pages out of the book in handfuls and throwing them in the waste paper basket. Matilda froze in horror. The father kept going. They seemed, there seemed little doubt that the man felt some kind of jealousy. How dare she, he seemed to be saying with each rip of a page. How dare she enjoy reading books he couldn't. How dare she? That's a library book, Matilda cried. It doesn't belong to me. I have to return it to Mrs. Phelps. Then you'll have to buy another one, won't you? The father said, still tearing out pages. You'll have to save your pocket money until there's enough in the kitty to buy a new one for your precious Mrs. Phelps, won't you? With that, he dropped the now empty covers of the book into the basket and marched out of the room, leaving the telly blaring. Most children in Matilda's place would have burst into floods of tears. She didn't do this. She sat there very still and white and thoughtful. She seemed to know that neither crying nor sulking ever got anyone anywhere. The only sensible thing to do when you are attacked is, as Napoleon once said, to counterattack. Matilda's wonderfully subtle mind was already at work devising yet another suitable punishment for the poisonous parent. The plan was now beginning to hatch in her mind, depended, however, upon whether or not Fred's parrot was really as good a talker as Fred made out. Fred was a friend of Matilda's. He was a small boy of six who lived just around the corner from her, and for days he had been going on about this great talking parrot his father had given him. So the following afternoon, as soon as Mrs. Wormwood had departed in her car for another session of bingo, Matilda set out for Fred's house to investigate. She knocked on his door and asked if he would be kind enough to show her the famous bird. Fred was delighted and led her up to his bedroom where a truly magnificent blue and yellow parrot sat in a tall cage. There it is, Fred said. Its name is Chopper. Make it talk, Matilda said. You can't make it talk, Fred said. You have to be patient. It'll talk when it feels like it. They hung around, waiting. Suddenly, the parrot said, Hello? 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 It was exactly like a human voice, Matilda said. That's amazing. What else can it say? Right on my bones, the parrot said, giving a wonderful imitation of a spooky voice. Right on my bones. He's always saying that, Fred told her. What else can he say, Matilda asked. And that's about it, Fred said. But it's pretty marvelous, don't you think? It's fabulous, Matilda said. Will you lend him to me just for one night? No, Fred said. Certainly not. I'll give you all my next week's pocket money, Matilda said. That was different. 
Fred thought about it for a few seconds. All right, then, he said, if you promise to return him tomorrow. Matilda staggered back to her own empty house, carrying the tall cage in both hands. There was a large fireplace in the dining room, and she now set about wedging the cage up the chimney and out of sight. That wasn't so easy, but she managed it in the end. Hello, hello, hello? The bird called down to her. Hello, hello! Shut up, you nut, Matilda said. And she went out to wash the soot off her hands. That evening, while the mother, the father, and the brother, and Matilda were having supper as usual in the living room in front of the television, a voice came loud and clear from the dining room across the hall. Hello, 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 it said. Harry, cried the mother, turning white. There's someone in the house. I heard a voice. So did I, the brother said. Matilda jumped up and switched off the telly. Shh she said. Listen. They all stopped eating and sat there very tense, listening. Hello? 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 Came the voice again. There it is, cried the brother. It's burglars, hissed the mother. They're in the dining room. I think they are, the father said, sitting tight. Then go and catch them, Harry, hissed the mother. Go out and collar them red-handed. The father didn't move. He seemed in no hurry to dash off and be a hero. His face had turned gray. Get on with it, hissed the mother. They're probably after the silver. The husband wiped his lips nervously with his napkin. Why don't we all go and look together, he said. Come on, then, the brother said. Come on, Mom. They're definitely in the dining room, Matilda whispered. I'm sure they are. The mother grabbed a poker from the fireplace. The father took a golf club that was standing in the corner. The brother seized a table lamp, ripping the plug of it out of its socket. Matilda took the knife she had been eating with, and all four of them crept towards the dining room door, the father keeping well behind the others. Hello? 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 came the voice again. Come on, Matilda cried out, and she burst into the room, brandishing her knife. Stick him up, she yelled. We've caught you! The others followed her, waving their weapons. Then they stopped. They stared around the room. There was no one there. There's no one here, the father said, greatly relieved. I heard him, Harry, the mother shrieked, still quaking. I distinctly heard his voice. So did you. I'm certain I heard him, Matilda cried. He's in here somewhere. She began searching around the sofa and behind the curtains. Then came the voice once again, soft and spooky this time. Rattle my bones, it said. Rattle my bones. They all jumped, including Matilda, who was a pretty good actress. They stared around the room. There was still no one there. It's a ghost, Matilda said. Oh, heaven help us, 
cried the mother, clutching her husband round the neck. I know it's a ghost, Matilda said. I've heard it here before. This room is haunted. I thought you knew that. Save us, the mother screamed, almost throttling her husband. I'm getting out of here, the father said, grayer than ever now. They all fled, slamming the door behind them. The next afternoon, Matilda managed to get a rather sooty and grumpy parrot down from the chimney out of the house without being seen. She carried it through the back door and ran with it all the way to Fred's house. Did it behave itself? Fred asked her. We had a lovely time with it, Matilda said. My parents adored it. Okay, friends, that's the end of the chapter, The Ghost. Here's some food for thought. What two events led to Matilda's decision to play the second prank? Also in the chapter, Matilda mentioned Napoleon, who was a very effective French military leader. She wanted to deliver a counterattack, which is to return of an attack. So in your opinion, who was most affected by Matilda's counterattack? Can you explain your thinking? Leave your thoughts and ideas in the comments or send me an email and I'll see you in the next episode. That's a wrap for today's episode. Be sure to share this with your friends. Do you have any suggestions for season two? Leave a comment and don't forget to like and subscribe. Or you can also send me an email at nnnikilee at postio.org. That's P-O-S-T-E-O dot O-R-G. Don't forget to leave your slippers at the door and We'll see you next time at Nikki's Noetic Nook.